You're listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I am here today with Chelsea Foster. She is a workflow and productivity specialist and web and graphic designer. She helps creative small business owners organize, streamline, and automate their businesses so they can find the freedom that they're looking for when they first started their business in the first place. So I am so excited because Chelsea has been a client of mine for quite some time now, and I just... I'm so excited for her to share with y'all all of her, you know, expertise when it comes to productivity and workflow. Because just like in that quick little intro, there there's so many reasons why we started our own businesses, right? And probably one of the biggest ones is that freedom. But then what happens when we're like two years into our business and it feels like we're just working 24-7 and we don't even know what we're doing half the time. So she's going to share a lot of wisdom with that. And that being said, welcome, Chelsea. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So before we dive into workflows and streamlining and automating your business, let's do a little this or that. So if you're ready for it, we'll dive in. Perfect. Cool. So are you an early riser or a night owl? Oh, I'm definitely a night owl. All the way. <laughs> Always have been. <laughs> How early do you wake up in the morning? Um, so now I usually wake up around seven. Um, okay. But that's not like, yeah, that's not too late. Yeah. But when I was in high school, I would not want to get up until like one or 2 PM. <laughs> it was same. It was bad. Same. <laughs> That's still me some Saturdays, not going to lie. <laughs> um, tea or coffee? I like both. And it depends on the day which one I want to drink. Is it more just like what you're craving or? Yeah. So I don't, like, I don't really have a preference one or the other. Um, it's just what I feel like drinking that day or especially in the afternoon, I'll drink more tea versus yeah. iced coffee. Um, but in the morning, especially it's just, do I feel like drinking tea today or coffee? So I like that. Yeah. Just feel into it. Yeah. So you have both on hand. Yes. I have a gazillion different types of tea and my own coffee. So (laughs) nice. That's crucial because I feel like I'll either run out of one or the other. And that's usually what's dictating if I'm drinking tea or coffee in the morning. Otherwise, if I'm fully stocked on coffee, it is always coffee. But podcasts or books? Oh man, this is another one that's both. Um, I love to read, but I also love to just listen to people. And I learn best when I hear things and see things. So podcasts have been super beneficial for me um, in my business and just, you know, for fun. Mm-hmm. So would you say like more for like pleasure and relaxing, that's when you go to the book. And then if you're doing other stuff or wanting to feel inspired, that's more the podcast route. Um, it's actually more 
like what I'm doing. So if I'm really busy, I'll listen to okay. a podcast because I can do that while I'm doing like cooking dinner or doing the dishes um, yeah. or even cleaning the bathroom. That's a great time to listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah. And then if I have free time and I'm able to sit down and read a book, then I do prefer to read books than to listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. But podcasts make it super easy to consume information while I'm on the go. Totally. Totally. Colorful wardrobe or neutral wardrobe? So I'm almost exclusively dark colors on the bottom, but then I add lots of color on top. Yeah. So I I guess colorful. I'd say colorful. Yeah. Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Oh, definitely mimosa. I cannot stand tomato <laughs> juice. Like one of my best friends, she loves Bloody Marys and I, she tries to get me to taste them and I just, I can't do it at all. I feel like it's one of those things you either love them or like you will not come near them with a 10 foot pole. Right. Right. I'm like, I will happily order you more, but please don't make me have any. <laughs> I love that. And then the last one is takeout or cooking. Oh man, probably take out because we have so much food around here and so many options mm-hmm. um, that it's just so easy to get anything that I want. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to do takeout for? Um, definitely Thai food. Mm, yeah. What's your go-to Thai dish? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask me that next. No, I, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to decide because I love everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really asking because yeah. I'm trying to decide what to order for dinner tonight. Oh, <laughs> I would say <laughs> so. One of my favorite, absolute favorite things is anything with the chili basil sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like it on fish. I don't know oh. why, but interesting. Yeah, I haven't tried it on fish. One of the restaurants out here serves it with um, basa, which is a white fish. Um, okay. and it's delicious. So amazing. And they add a ton of veggies, oh. which is just, you know, makes it even better. So Something that or a pumpkin curry. Those are my mm. two favorites. That sounds really good too. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So let's dive into your journey because it has been an interesting one because your, your roots are in education before you started your business. So why don't you walk us through, you know, the, from going from being a teacher to diving into the entrepreneurial space and kind of how that came to be? Yeah. So I am trained as an educator. Um, in college, I actually had a dual degree in physics and education um, because I wanted to teach physics. That was one area that I thought had a lack of teachers who really, really loved the content. And that's one of my beliefs is that to teach really well, you have to be passionate about the content. Um, And it doesn't matter if you have the greatest teaching strategies or not. If you're passionate about it, your students are still going to learn because you're going to be able to share that enthusiasm. Um, And so I picked physics. It was either physics or math. And a lot of people teach math, but not very many people teach physics. So um, I went that route, and that's why I got the dual degree. So I started out teaching um, ninth graders how to do physics. And so it was really hands-on. I loved getting to teach them through doing. Um, And I learned a lot about how people in general, not just kids, learn. And 
making that connection between the physical kinetic learning and then also the visual and auditory learning um, and making sure that we have all three bases covered for every single lesson. Um, that way, every single student could learn. Yeah. So I started out doing that and teaching them and it was amazing. I loved it. Um, I was a workaholic though, and would work from like 6am until midnight. And like I said, I'm a night owl. So <laughs> getting up at 5am was really hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> like really hard. Um, but I loved it and I love the kids. I love the content. Um, and then my husband started his own company. He actually owns Zapier. So if you've heard of that, that's his company. And we moved to California so he could grow that. Um, and that meant that my teaching certificate did not transfer because California and Missouri do not talk. Um, so I couldn't teach when we moved here. We moved in the summer. And so most of the positions were filled anyway. Um, and so I just started exploring other things that I could do. And it was always in the back of my mind that I want to be able to stay home with my kids. Um, Mm -hmm. and so whether that means that I'm working a part-time job, um, or I'm working at home, one of those two things have to happen. Um, so after living here for a year, I ended up getting a part-time job. Um, and I realized that I hate part-time work. It's (laughs) not challenging enough for me, the, the jobs that are available at the part-time level. Um, Mm -hmm. and I needed more, stimulation and challenges, um, and to feel like I'm making a bigger impact on the world. Um, cause that's also another thing is I want to make sure that I'm leaving a legacy. And that was one thing that teaching fulfilled for me. I knew that I was making an impact in those students' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I was making the world a better place because kids felt like they were cared for. Um, and that they could actually do science, which was really cool. Yeah. So, um, I always knew once I started that part-time job and really got into it and realized this is not for me, I knew I was going to leave that job and I knew I was going to start my own business. Um, and I started out doing wedding invitations because graphic design has always been a side passion for me. Um, I almost majored in it in college and then decided not to because I would have to take an extra like year to catch up with all the graphic design and art classes because mm-hmm. um, I started out in science. So they don't overlap very many times. No, no. <laughs> um, so that's always been like a side project and passion project for me is graphic okay. design. Um, and it always ended up being a piece of every single job. It wasn't in the job description, but I added it myself. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So I ended up like when I was teaching, I redesigned every single worksheet. I made all these cute little books for them. Um, yeah, our lab notebooks, which is basically just a composition notebook. Um, Mm -hmm. but we made it super colorful and interactive and I had all these worksheets that we were pasting in there. Anyway, lots of graphic design, lots of fun, and you know, art projects. Um, Mm -hmm. so when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, I always thought graphic design was going to be a part of it. Um, and my sister was getting married and I was like, you know what, I'm going to design your wedding invitations for you. And that turned into, I'm really good at this. I could do this for other people. Um, and so I started my first business, which was called Peony Print Shop doing exclusively wedding invitations. Um, and again, I knew that that wasn't going to quite be enough for me because I wanted to make that major impact on the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and that just wasn't happening through my invitations. (laughs) Right. So 
as I continued working through there, um, I really thought a lot about well, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to make an impact with and how am I going to do that? Um, and as I grew, my friends were starting to come to me and asking me advice on different things, um, how to go about doing this. How, like, how do you organize this? How do you make everything look so easy? Um, and then I also took another course and one of the worksheets in there helped me realize that I needed to switch gears. I needed to actually listen to all these people that were asking for my advice and start giving them that advice and helping them with their businesses. Um, and that was the way that I was going to make an impact. Um, and then I found you, which was just seriously a godsend. I cannot even tell you the universe was just like, I was like, what am I going to do next? And then you showed up and it was (laughs) the most amazing timing I have ever experienced. Um, and you really helped me figure out that I needed to do market research to figure out Mm -hmm. the exact direction we were going to go. Um, cause I had a lot of ideas and my market research just helped me understand that people need help with their system. That's something that most people don't know how to do. And it's the thing that is holding them back in their businesses. Um, and so that's kind of how I got to here. Yeah. Did I leave anything out? No, I mean, I think that's the good stuff. I think that, so one thing there is, you know, thinking about what that really fulfilling impact is going to be, because it's okay that we have, you know, all these different interests, but it's about really like fine tuning it into what it is not just going to be fun, but is also going to be fulfilling on a deeper level. Because I mean, you know, we both know having a business isn't easy every single day. And you have to have something that's really going to fulfill you on a deep level in order for you to get through those really hard days. So I think that's really cool that you say that. Yeah, I completely agree. (laughs) So in terms of, you know, productivity and workflows and automating your business, I want to start with the just getting really nitty gritty in there and starting with what does productivity really even mean? Because I think people hear the word productivity all the time, but some people might think it means apps. Some people might think it means work faster or work less. I think everyone kind of has a different definition and that might be one of the reasons why people aren't as productive as maybe they could be. Yeah. And I completely agree that everyone has a slightly different definition of productivity. And I actually think that that's okay um, because Mm -hmm. you have to define for yourself what does productive mean? Um, Just like you have to define what does success mean for you? For me, having thousands of dollars and my own plane, like that's not success to me. Success to me is being able to go visit my family whenever I want to and still being able to run a business at the same time. Um, So having different definitions is totally fine with me, but you need to figure out for yourself, what does productive look like? Does that mean that I'm getting 20 things on a checklist done every single day? Does that mean that I am able to work with 10 or 15 clients at a time. Um, what does that mean for you? 
for a lot of people, that means that you're able to get everything done on your to-do list that you want to get done. And that's just productive. Um, so you're not spending the entire day working on one task. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you can't just look at your list and expect that if you have 20 things on your list that you're going to get it done. Um, I think there is some learning that needs to happen for a lot of us and mm-hmm. myself included, how to set realistic expectations for that to-do list for the day. Right. Um, but definitely figuring out what, what things really have to get done and how do I get them done so that I can get back to life? Because I don't want to be tied to my computer 24 seven. No one does. That's not happy. (laughs) So, and yeah, it's like we start these businesses to have quote unquote freedom, but then it's like, two years in and it's like we're locked into our business and can't live life. Exactly. Exactly. And no one wants that. Like that's how you get to burnout. That's how you get to being depressed all the time. Um, and that's how you get to being just upset and feel frustrated and want to quit because you're not seeing that this entrepreneurial life is actually giving you what you wanted. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So true. So for someone who they're on the brink of burnout, Mm -hmm. which means they're exhausted, which means they might know that they need to reevaluate their productivity, but they're so tired. They're like, I don't even have time really to get productive. Mm -hmm. So what's that catch 22 where you feel like you're so busy And you know that something needs to change, but you feel like it's going to take too much time to make those shifts. So for that person, I would say you need to stop, like figure out two things that you can cancel this week so you can take an hour for yourself and just be still like, forget about work. Forget about your to-do list. Forget about all the laundry that needs to be done, the shopping that needs to be done. Just like sit and let yourself relax because nothing is going to happen if you're tired. When you're tired, nothing good happens. Like that's when you have fights with your significant other. That's when you start crying. At least I do. Um, Same. (laughs) Tired is bad. That's when you yell at people, you get hangry. And (laughs) so just take a moment, like figure out one or two things that you can cancel to give yourself a little breathing room and space. And then figure out, can I cancel that permanently? Can I just take it off my list? It's true. So true. Like, like did the world not stop? Exactly. Because you didn't do that. Exactly. And I feel like one of the biggest productivity secrets is that people that are really productive, they actually take things off their to-do list. Um, so they don't try and do it all themselves. They are able to analyze and figure out what things actually have to get done versus things that are making me look busy, but not actually helping. Um, and I think a lot of people confuse busy with productive and they're not the same thing. Let's break that down. Let's break that down. So we all, we love to say, Oh, how have you been? Oh, so busy. Yes. Right. Yes. So first Why do you think we wear that as, like, a badge of honor? I think it's societal. Like, everyone wants to look like... We think that success means that you're busy all the time and that you're running from meeting to meeting and you're meeting all these people and doing all these fancy things and... 
I think corporate world makes us think that we have to be doing more and more and more and more Mm -hmm. and more and cramming every single minute um, as full as we can. And that's busy. That is Mm -hmm. not actually accomplishing anything. Being productive means that you're actually getting things done. You're making progress. You're moving forward. Um, and I love I really, that. Moving forward. Exactly. I really feel like it's that corporate mentality, especially like you look at New York that never sleeps. And I don't know, when I was growing up, I thought, oh, all the people in New York that have these amazing jobs, like they're working from 6 a.m. until midnight and they're loving it and they're loving their (laughs) life and they get to go out and go party after that. And that's just, that's not reality. That's busy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with our own businesses, we get to take that control back and we actually have we're lucky that we get to take the word busy out of our vocabulary exactly exactly and I would love to challenge all of you to quit saying I'm busy yes Um, and it's so hard I've done it I've done it two times actually (laughs) taking that phrase out of my vocabulary um I did it way back before I started my businesses and then after I started my businesses I had to do it again because I kept telling people that I was busy and which was true (laughs) I was busy but I was not busy doing the right thing. Um, What advice do you have for someone to check in with themselves and see like, am I just busy when all this time, like I thought I was like working so hard in my business and really I was just trying to fill the time in the day. Yeah. I would open up an Excel spreadsheet. It could be Excel. It could be Google sheets. Doesn't matter. Just some spreadsheet. And all day long, write down this time. And this is what I was doing this time. This is what I was doing. And just do that for a few days or even up to a week, just to see what you're actually doing with your time. It's very enlightening when you go back and look at it and you see, I spent four hours on Facebook Mm. and I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize. And I thought I was getting on there to go look at Facebook groups and post in Mm -hmm. there and make connections and I didn't actually do any of that. I just scrolled through my feed and looked at all my friends' babies. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think it's crazy too. Like we can open up Instagram and like 40 minutes can literally go by because you go in to post something and then you can't decide if you actually want to post it. So then you send the picture to your friends and ask them if the, the, if the caption's good. And then in the meantime, you're just scrolling through (laughs) and 30 minutes have gone by and you haven't posted that photo. Yep. Exactly. And you've done nothing in the middle. Yeah. Like, yeah, literally you probably haven't even liked or commented on anyone else's photo. Right. You've just been scrolling. (laughs) It's so true. It's such a reality check. Yeah. So I would definitely suggest just keeping, it doesn't even have to be in a spreadsheet. I do that because I love spreadsheets and I love to analyze it, make Mm -hmm. graphs out of everything, but you could do it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Write down everything that you're doing all day long. um, And you're going to notice what things are busy work and which things are moving you forward. And you can even take it a step further and write next to that thing. Mm-hmm. What was the purpose? What did you accomplish by doing that? I love that. That I think that's the crucial part there is, okay, yeah, you did that. And maybe in your head, you can be like, 
well, I'm supposed to do that, or I feel someone told me I'm supposed to do that. But if you really sit down and say, this is the purpose of it, then you can realize, oh, maybe I was doing that just because someone told me to, and I actually don't have to do that. Exactly. Or it's not actually doing anything for my business. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the things that I think is really cool about your teaching style and how you help your clients with workflow and productivity is that you're not telling them, these are the 10 things that you need to do every day in your business. Okay. And it's that way or the only way. Like you're, some people might not need to post a blog post every day. Some people might not need to post on Instagram every day. And you give them that permission to do that. So when did you realize that it was so important to take that stand in this industry? Yeah. So about, it was a little less than a year into my owning my first business. I was burnt out. I wasn't seeing the amount of um, impact that I wanted. I was not getting the clients that I wanted. I wasn't even getting the number of inquiries that I wanted, but I was working so hard. Um, And I ended up doing a therapy session and I'm trying to remember what she called it. I think it was, she calls it an energy healing session um, Mm -hmm. over the phone. And she helped me realize that I was letting everyone else tell me how to run my business. Mm. I was literally on, I think 200 email lists. I was trying to read them every single day and implement everything that they all were telling me because I thought they were the experts and they knew better than I did because I didn't go to school for business. So who am I to say that I should be doing it a different way? Like I didn't know. Right. Um, And And I think so many people can relate to that. Yeah, because running a business is hard. And there are people that literally go to school to learn how to run a business. Um, And I did not. I didn't even take a business class. I didn't even take a finance class Mm -hmm. in high school or college. So the business side, I felt very inept. And I, I was not qualified to know or be an expert in any part of that. And so I was listening to all these other people that owned their own business that were supposedly experts. And I'm doing air quotes with my hands there. Um, (laughs) And taking what they were telling me as gospel, that this was Mm -hmm. the only way to do it. And it was burning me out. I was spinning my wheels trying to do it the way that everyone else was doing it. And it wasn't working for me. It wasn't authentic. Um, my personality was not showing because I was caught up too much in this is how it has to be. And I need to have this, this persona a lot more formal than what I actually am online. Um, and so she helped me realize that I was doing that. I was listening to all these experts. Um, and so she challenged me to unsubscribe to all of those, (laughs) to quit listening to all the experts because I am the expert. And she gave me an affirmation. Um, I am the expert on my business and my life. Only I know what is best for me. And I said that probably a hundred times a day for three or four months. Wow. And it took that long for me to start realizing it. 
and mm-hmm. start to understand that, yes, I am the one that gets to decide. Um, I am the one that gets to say, this is working for my business. This isn't working for my business. This works with my personality. This doesn't work with my personality. Um, and I think that's really important to remember that a lot of people forget you're an individual, which means that not everything that everyone does is going to work for you and that's okay. Um, so just saying that affirmation really, really helped me get that understanding that I am the expert and it's okay for me to say no to someone else's idea. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So I'm sure someone though is wondering like, okay, this totally resonates, but part of the reason why I'm just doing what other people are saying is because I don't know what else to do. So how do you help your clients really figure out what that is that is the route they should be taking? Yeah. So for my one-on-one clients, we actually look at their personalities their learning styles, their business styles. Um, And I give them several options and we kind of deep dive into what each of those options are, what it looks like. And I let them sit with that for a little bit and feel into which one feels like the right way to go. Um, And then we dive in and just take on that, whichever one they decide on. Um, But letting them know that there are options is the first step. And then letting them figure out which one feels better to them is the next step. Um, For my membership site, I actually have trainings on a ton of different applications that um, do the same thing. So one specific example is um, Asana and Trello. Mm -hmm. They are very, very similar programs. Trello makes no sense to me. Asana makes a thousand percent to me, um, a thousand percent sense to me. (laughs) And, but I understand that some people do not understand Asana at all and absolutely love Trello. Um, and so I want people to know that those are both great options. You don't have to use one or the other. You can use a combination of both if you really want. Um, just figuring out what works best for you. And if you're like, I don't even know where to go, whatever your problem is, Google it. So if you're (laughs) like, I really hate this thing. Like I want a task manager, Mm -hmm. Google task managers and just start looking at the different options. There's don't actually Google that. There's about a thousand out there and most of them are really bad. Um, I would highly suggest Asana or Trello if you really want a task manager and a project manager. I love that. I love that you give, you know, you give the option for both because I see so many people say, no, this is the absolute only one. And then I see people not use it or not implement what they even learned when it came to using that. And it's because, I mean, we all learn differently, which means sometimes we need something that's more visual and others need more of a list or just like a reminder on your calendar. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like there's a lot of guilt when you, mm -hmm. you hear someone say, this is the thing to use and you try it and it doesn't work and you never open it. And you're every single day you beat yourself up about that because you're not opening it. You're not using that program. Uh, That was how it was for me with ConvertKit. 
I knew early on that I wanted it, but I had no clue how to use it. So every month that I didn't send out an email to my list and I was still paying the $29, I was like, what am I doing? Oh my gosh, I'm wasting that money. I need to just get in there and learn it. And eventually I did. And I love ConvertKit now, like absolutely love it. Um, But there is a steep learning curve. And I understand that that's not for everyone. Whereas I was using MailChimp before. And again, that's one of those programs that makes no sense to me. Like, <laughs> But a lot of people really, really love it. And that's a great solution, especially when you want something that's free. Um, but yeah, yeah, there is a ton of guilt when you feel like there's only one option and it's not mm-hmm. working for you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Again, it goes back to you being that permission slip for people to be like, okay, it's okay that even though my five best friends use this, that I can use something else. Exactly. Exactly. And especially um, knowing that your business is unique, therefore the solutions for your business are going to be unique. That's another huge thing. That is so true because, you know, like if your friend's a photographer and you're a graphic designer... There might be some things that overlap because you still have to get clients, you still have client acquisition and um, they, you know, submit their inquiries and all that, but there are different parts of the process. Yes. Yeah. And so you're going to need different tools to help you with that. And as your business grows, those tools are probably going to change too. So my clients that have teams, I often offer totally different solutions for them than the people that are still working by themselves. Oh, so true. Such a good point. Yeah. So and that's okay. Do- like you have to give yourself permission that yeah. as you grow, sometimes the tools you use are going to have to change and your workflows are going to have to change. And that's good. That's a good thing. Totally. Totally. So one thing I want to talk about, because you're a pro when it comes to this, and that is the, you know, the whole client acquisition process, like from the time that they submit an inquiry to work with you and getting everyone set up and the contracts. I see a lot and I've been guilty of this myself, you know, sometimes not wanting to share an offer um, because in the back of your head, you're like, okay, if someone books today, then I'm going to have to find like two hours in order to like um, type up the contract and then get everything signed and send over the right emails. And that seems so stressful. And then you kind of self-sabotage and just don't tell anyone about your offer, even though there's someone out there who's waiting for that. Yeah. So how have you seen in your business setting up a true workflow for this allow you to grow your business with ease? So first of all, if you were doing everything last minute, you are being busy and you are not being productive. And so one of the very first things I help my clients with is setting all the things that you do on a regular basis. Let's get that as a template. Um, So make sure that your contracts and your forms are in a template that you can tweak if you need to for your individual clients, but the basic layout is there. And taking that time early on um, before you even have a couple clients is such a huge time saver because when you do get that inquiry, you're ready for them. You look professional because your contract is ready to go. Your email sequence is ready to go. And it could be that you have those just typed out in a note and you copy and paste them into your email. That's totally fine. 
Like it doesn't have to be this super hard program, but just like having the template written out somewhere saves you so much time. It makes you look like a professional. Um, I actually am working with a client right now that I worked with um, a year and a half ago and she came back for productivity help whenever I started my new productivity business because Mm -hmm. she saw how organized I was with my client process. So from the client side, she saw it and she was so impressed with the fact that I got the contract to her immediately. I was able to send her emails quickly, respond almost immediately whenever she emailed me. Um, She was a design client. So the whole design process was very systematized and she knew exactly what to expect every step of the way. Um, And so being able to have everything in a workflow that I could execute quickly was immensely beneficial on the client side because they are able to see everything. They know what to expect. They know that you're going to answer them quickly and efficiently. Um, And then on the personal side, I was able to leave work in the evening. I didn't have Mm. to spend hours and hours every single day recreating the same email. It was done. Mm -hmm. All I had to do was go in and change the name at the top, add a couple details in there, um, and send it on. And it took me five minutes versus two hours. Yeah. That's a huge game changer. Yeah, it really is. And I did all of that even from the very beginning. That was one of the things that in my nine to five before I started my business, um, I saw a lot of people spend a lot of time writing the exact same email over and over mm-hmm. and over. And I was just like, canned responses, people, canned responses. Seriously. <laughs> you Seriously. don't know how to set up a canned response, send me an email and I will give you the tutorial. But um, actually, like, it's going to be the best thing that you ever do. It really is. And it's free. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can yeah. set up your workflows for free. You don't need a program. I do use a program now. I use Dubsado now. Mm-hmm. Um, to do a lot of this, but you don't have to. I just added it in January. So, right. Well, and with the canned emails too, I think that that helps like your inbox management a lot because yes. you don't think, oh, I can't check my emails right now because it's going to take forever to respond. And yes. instead, you can be like, oh, I can knock these emails out in like. 15 minutes because half of them are things that I can just use a candy email for. Exactly. Exactly. So I highly suggest when you're getting started, as you type those emails for the first time, just save them. Mm -hmm. Like uh, just as a rule, save them because you're probably going to send a very similar email later on down the line to someone else. Yeah. And then you have a template to work from. Totally. Such good advice. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I would highly suggest is getting a calendar app. So something that will schedule your appointments for you. Um, And there are a ton of great free solutions out there. Um, But that was another game changer was being able to send clients a link. Say here, go schedule our getting started call or here, go schedule our revision call. Um, There's nothing worse than going back and forth. Oh my gosh. I hate it so much. That is my biggest pet peeve. Even if it's something like, you know, not even business related. Yeah. I have literally sent friends like, to my calendar before because I'm like, uh-uh, I have we're not event. doing this. <laughs> I have an event type that is literally lunches. I love that. That's yeah. so smart. Yeah. I need to do and that too. It helps me stay accountable on my scheduling as well so that I know that client work only happens on two days a week. And so 
Clients can only schedule meetings on those two days. Those are the only two days that get get offered when I go to my calendar. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. What would you say to someone who has some fear creeping up about, you know, like blocking off just, let's say just like they only want to take client calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but they're scared that someone's going to sign up to work with them and then they're not going to be available on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So then they end up just leaving their calendar wide open. Yeah. So first of all, you get to do what you want. Be upfront about that. Um, So I am very clear everywhere that I put my hours that client meetings only happen on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, And so if a person wants to meet outside of that time, they already know ahead of time that that's not going to happen. And so by putting it out there, I feel like I'm repelling the people that really need that every single day I have to talk to them, which is great because Mm -hmm. I don't want that client. I want the client that is okay being a little more Mm -hmm. hands-off and doesn't need hand-holding. I love that. So it's like getting clear on who you want to work with and being okay with that. You don't have to change your business around you know, just being able to work with anyone. Exactly. And you want to attract those clients that really add to your energy. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the ones that are okay with only you answering them two days a week and checking in two days a week, those are the clients that I want. Those are the ones that are going to allow me the freedom that I want in my life and in my biz, because I don't want to have to be tied to my email every single day. So Attracting the right clients is also super important. I love that. It's huge. So one more thing that I wanted to make sure that we covered today was the importance of in-person relationships when it comes to growing your business. Because I know that that's been a huge, huge part of your business's success is leaving the house and going and meeting people. So why has, you know relationship building in person been so important to you? One, I, so on like the introvert extrovert spectrum, I'm right in the middle. Okay. Like literally, I think I'm 51% extrovert, 49 introvert. And so for me personally, I need that time with another person. Um, So being able to get out and be around other creatives, that actually feeds my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm able to talk to other people that are local to me. So they understand the struggles of living in the Bay area, like other people that are trying to do this creative business and still pay for their outrageous rent. Um, <laughs> and so like being around people that are understanding the same struggles that I'm struggling with, not only just in my business, but also locally, the challenges that are happening here in the Bay area is just there's a sense of relief when you get to sit down and talk to them about it. Like last night I went to um, Tuesdays together, which is from rising tide. And we were talking about this month's topic was SEO. And we were talking about all the things, the feelings that we have when we hear SEO and Mm -hmm. all of us said the same thing. Like we get totally overwhelmed. And so I just remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Like Mm -hmm. everyone else feels this too. And it's okay. Like it is all right that we feel this. Uh, I'm not the only one. And so really those in-person relationships have helped me feel like 
I'm okay, that I am mm-hmm. doing a good job and I am working and making a difference and I am growing. Um, because the other thing is I learn, especially when I meet people in person that I am an expert in a lot of things and they are experts in a lot of things. And it's fun to learn from each other. Um, especially when you're sitting down in front of each other, because you get a different energy versus online. Right. It's so true. But I think you still can create relationships online. And I have coffee chats with people all over the world every single month. And two of my best friends, actually, I've never met in person. So (laughs) yeah. And I think that's so cool. I think, but at the same time, I think it's important to have that balance. Yes. And that doesn't mean necessarily like, you know, having to go to a networking event every day. Right. It can literally, like, you know, just every once in a while is cool too. But I exactly. do think like it's a really crucial part of, you know, just relationship building and like humans do crave in-person interactions. Even if you're a hundred percent introverted, you still need that human interaction and that literally being in the same space as someone else and feeling their energy. Like there's something very powerful in that. A hundred percent. So even if you are completely introverted and you want to stay at home all the time, challenge yourself to get out there. Um, because there is a whole world of the, of entrepreneurs out there right in your neighborhood that Mm -hmm. are literally going through the exact same things you are or just went through it and can help you figure out how to get through it. A hundred and ten percent. I love that. So let's talk about your Empowered Boss Lab real quick. So tell us about the lab, what people can expect inside of it, and also how they can sign up. Yeah, so the Empowered Boss Lab is a membership site for any creative entrepreneur that is ready to get their business organized and learn how to use these tools. Um, so inside there, every single month, we have get stuff done sessions, which is basically where I teach you how to be really productive in two hours and to knock out your entire to-do list in two hours. Um, and then we also have workshops every month. I try and do two exclusive workshops inside the Empowered Boss Lab every month. And it depends on the members' schedules, um, if we're able to get to or not. But they're on all kinds of topics. So we've covered Zapier. We're um, talking about Asana this month. Um, we've talked about Dubsado email. Um, we also, I take requests. So if someone's struggling with something, we will go ahead and do a workshop on that, just an impromptu workshop to help them. And then all the other members that obviously have the same questions as well. Mm -hmm. Um, they also, if you sign up as a VIP, you get access to me. So you can schedule a one-on-one call with me once a quarter, which we can do as a regular coffee chat, just hanging out, or it can be a strategy session. So those are the things that happen inside the lab. Um, And already I've had members send me text messages about how it's impacting them. I had one, she just moved to Belgium. She messaged me that she redid all of her schedule um, for specifically for their summer in Belgium. And She's loving it. It's working out so great for her. She's able to take the afternoon off and go explore and still get everything done that she needs to get done. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Super powerful. 
So where can everyone find it? Um, so if you go to my website, chelseabfoster.com, and then click on the Empowered Boss Lab, it'll give you all of the information as well as the sign-up link to join. Perfect. Amazing. So I love to wrap these up with a little lifestyle. So tell us about your morning routine today. So today was a little wonky because I had a coffee chat in person. So I had to get out of the house earlier than normal. Um, but I have a really long morning routine. I don't start work until noon most days. Um, because again, I'm a night owl and I don't want to wake up early. So on a normal day, I get up and I drink some lemon water and um, sit down and do a little meditation. And then I fix myself some breakfast. And then I try and do some sort of physical activity, whether it's going for a short walk or doing some yoga. Um, eventually, I'll work up to doing more. <laughs> and <laughs> then... Um, I sit down and I read whatever I feel like reading. So sometimes it's a nonfiction book. Sometimes it's a fiction book. Um, and I drink my coffee then. And then I get dressed. So that's my morning routine. I love it. Yeah. Such a solid routine. And then what is your favorite lifestyle hack, tip, or trick? And it could be wellness, beauty, fashion, business. Yeah, I would say... The best hack and the one that I continually am amazed by is using jojoba oil as a makeup remover. Um, oh. It is my favorite makeup remover I've ever found. It takes off my waterproof makeup because I cry all the time because I'm super empathetic <laughs> and I cry at commercials. No, and <laughs> no. Let's... <laughs> like... You're just sensitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I always wear waterproof eyeliner and mascara <laughs> so it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah. jojoba oil is the only thing that I found that takes it all off. Um, oh my so yeah, gosh. that's my... I didn't realize that. Yeah, I use it for I my moisturizer too. Oh, one stop shop. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that. I love that. That is a really good oil. Yeah, it's my favorite. And it doesn't make me break out. Like, I tried a lot of oils. You have to find the one that works with your skin. Um, so, Jojoba was the one that worked for my face. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, well, where can everyone find you? You shared where they can find the Empower Boss yeah. Lab, but where can they find you everywhere else? Yeah, so I am on my website, chelseabfoster.com, or on Instagram, I'm at chelseabfoster. Um, those are the two best places to find me. Or if you want to email me, I'm chelsea at chelseabfoster.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for joining yeah, today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.